Hey everybody, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown, All Eyes on Cleveland Crossover Game Day Edition. Back on track after missing last week with the with the weird schedule. So uh, again, this is a weird game that we have to talk about because of the nature of who's playing and who's not. We'll get to that in a minute. I welcome in Brad. Uh, we are going to talk through, uh, first we just watched the culmination of the uh, mo- second most important, I would say, game of the AFC South picture as we look at the Browns' five-seed matchup in the playoffs. Texans really do uh, pull out a gutty win in Indy, and that leaves two outcomes, Brad. It leaves the Browns either going to Houston if Jacksonville loses or if Jacksonville wins, they head down to play Jacksonville. And kind of just looking at your immediate reaction to that and which one of those two teams you want to see, uh, I guess the way you prefer it, which team you'd like to play of the two. If I had my choice, um, Jake, uh, how you doing? Hope you're doing well. Uh, if I had my choice, I would hope that Jacksonville wins tomorrow. I'd rather play Jacksonville than the Texans, personally. Um, you know, just because of the way it went the first time, they feel like they're kind of spiraling a little bit. Uh, the whole AC joint uh, going on with... Um, their quarterback, uh, and then, you know, Stroud is dangerous, right, as he showed tonight. He made some gutsy throws, um, and they're a different team with him at quarterback than who the Browns played, uh, I think. so. Yeah, no doubt. I think that, uh, I, you know, I've, I thought this was a, a good game, Um I don't know how well, you know, Shane Steichen does a nice job. I kind of wish he would have opened it up a little bit more because I feel like the Texans are somewhat susceptible to the pass, and I I feel like uh, they didn't take advantage of that enough. I mean, they just rode the run game so much at times to their, almost to their detriment, I thought, in this game. It bothered me because I needed six Michael Pittman yards to complete like an eight-leg parlay and couldn't get them at the end because they just kept running the ball. And then they decided, hey, let's use a timeout when we might need all three of these timeouts. If we don't get this fourth down, they end up a timeout short and can't get anything, uh, another opportunity at the end zone. Just hilarious stuff. My luck lately. We're going to talk about how to flip your luck maybe in a little bit. Although there's so many people out of this game, uh, it's going to be hard to do some betting stuff, but we'll try to give you some angles here in just a moment. But Again, Jags Colts, uh, sorry, Jags Texans is what we're looking at. One of those two great points from you, Brad. I also just think CJ in the dome is really dangerous. And I know there's not great historical data for rookie quarterbacks making their first playoff start, but I feel like he kind of played his first playoff game tonight, which yes. kind of like putting him on that stage. He hasn't been on that stage this year. So uh, him getting then in the home environment, that team knowing that the Browns gave it to them and so closely. Uh, together those two games I just don't love that I much prefer to go down and play Jacksonville yeah uh, I'm not afraid of either of those games the Browns can win them and I think they there's a chance that that uh, I actually think both teams will be slightly favored over the Browns I thought that if the Browns played Indy they'd maybe be slightly favored but I just think that this these are games where neither team wants the, to play the Browns and there shouldn't be an overwhelming like this were the Chiefs or somebody else you could get that that vibe but this isn't a situation, in my opinion, where either of these teams should make you think the Browns season is going to be over, but they will present obvious challenges, and winning road playoff games is certainly not easy. Very rare. Yeah. So it'll be a unique challenge. Yeah, totally different environment, uh, even just from playing these uh, games on the road earlier this year to uh, going back again in a playoff environment, certainly. so Yeah, 
Yep, yep, yep. Okay, let's dig into this game. This is going to be a backup fest, which is uh, what we've been talking about all week. We all know that, obviously. Nothing on the line for the Bengals at all. Their season is over. They should honestly be looking at a tank from over top of everything because they should be looking to get a little bit better pick if they can get a better pick. Obviously, the game means nothing to the Browns other than getting a 12-win season, which is a rare commodity for the organization. So that would be a really nice thing for them to put together. First 12-win season since the 80s, I believe. I think they went 11-5 and in the 94 season. They went in 11 uh, 11 and five in the playoff season uh, with with uh, yes. 2020. So 12 wins would be a very rare thing. It'd be kind of unique to put up. But as we know, this is an uphill challenge in Cincy on the road. A lot of people playing that don't normally play, including Jeff Driscoll coming into this situation, getting very few real practices, obviously, right with the with the offense he's going to be playing in. But let's let's dig into some of the surrounding elements we talk about, Brad. The weather down in Cincinnati is most of Ohio started to turn cold. I don't imagine it's going to be all too all too welcoming. No, it, it is cold. Uh, they're expecting snow showers in the mor- tomorrow morning or, or in the game day morning. Uh, I don't expect it. It doesn't look like there's any precipitation around game time. Uh, 37 degrees feels like 30. It's going to be cold. Uh, somewhat windy, you know, 12 to 15 mile per hour, pretty similar to what you would have in Cleveland. Um, so, uh, not great, but not, you know, terrible either. Could be worse for January footballs. It's still yes. really not hit its winter stride yet. Anyway, let's keep going. We have all time series, which the Browns have dominated recently, obviously, as we all know, Kevin's done pretty, pretty dang well against the Bengals across his career, but, uh, all time. I still think, does it still lean Cincinnati all time or where's it look I have Cincinnati, according to NFL uh, communications.com, that uh, uh, Cincinnati leads the series 52 to 48. Mm-hmm. Cleveland won six of the last seven. There we go. This is, we talked about the opener, Brad, way back when. Yeah. This is a uniform the Browns don't mind seeing. So it'd be nice to see them keep that stigma moving in the right direction because I think the only time that the Browns lost to them in six of the last seven was that the meaningless 2021 game at the end of the season? It was. Yeah, thought so. Yep. Right? Okay. All right, good stuff. Let's uh, let's bump forward here. Let's talk about the officiating in this one. I know you wrote it up as always, and it's not a very well-known name, but you'll again, with like almost all of these, you'll recognize the face. Yeah, Alan Eck, he's, the, uh, he's a first-year head referee, so not a ton of data on him. Uh, big home field advantage tilt 13-3 and three to the home team this year in his first wow. season. Pretty wild there. Former Big 12 guy, right, if I recall? Yes, that is correct. Uh, Big 12 and um, – I had it here. He he did another conference in uh, Wasn't he in a smaller conference first, like a conference USA, or I could be wrong about that. Let's see here. Served in the Big 12 in Mountain West. Mountain West, right on. Uh, Prior to becoming uh, official. He was actually a quarterback at Bloomsburg University. I hold the uh, school record there for most completions in a single season. So ex-quarterback. Um, been a side judge and everything. Got promoted when uh, Jerome Boger retired oh, yeah. last year. So stepped into his role. Uh, not a ton of, you know, he, he's the second least amount of flags uh, thrown this year. Hmm. So doesn't call a ton of penalties. Uh, is tied for the fewest amount of offensive holdings. That's usually the first number I check, uh, although Miles is not playing in this one. 
Uh, so not as critical. Uh, the other, you know, thing here that I think is worth uh, mentioning when you talk about officiating here real quickly, uh, Jake, is, you know, the Bengals with nothing to play for, uh, a division rivalry, uh, the Browns going on to play in the playoffs. You, you of course, want to look out for any egregious penalties that could cause lasting harm to a Browns player. Uh, Eck has called the third most unnecessary roughness penalties in the league. So you want to see him control the yeah. game. Is that, is the same for the Bengals, too, because I know that T. Higgins isn't playing, and obviously he has a large yes. uh, a large thing coming up in the offseason with his potential you know, franchise tag or trade or whatever could hit the Absolutely. market. I, I imagine it's a tag-and-trade scenario so that Cincinnati doesn't get left high and dry. But there's like also Jamar Chase has a huge contract negotiation thing. This is the time of year where you don't want to see guys get hurt because the recovery for something serious is devastating to your next season. So Financially, this, yeah. This is a game where I was like, we're predicting the game outcome, and I'm like, all right, call it a tie. Like I could see this game getting to like 14-14 or 17-17 like I predicted it, and both teams being like, we're kind of good on overtime. Do we, do we really yeah. need to do this? Can we just it walk away? At some point, like if the coaches could go make a backroom deal to not play this game, would they? I think Probably. they would. I think that yeah. I think the Browns would have it that way. I'd imagine the Bengals would too. I mean, it's it's tough to play football, really physical sport, when it's like, what are we doing here? Nothing really yep. matters, right? So, absolutely. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back from break. We'll talk about the betting lines, any uh, nuggets we have there, and then uh, wrap up with just kind of who we're interested in watching in this one because the way to win doesn't really matter. So <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> All Eyes on Cleveland is brought to you by the OBR. Go check out theobr.com today for the greatest, most detailed, inclusive coverage of your Cleveland Browns that you can find around. All of the best experts and insiders deep diving into everything you need week to week throughout the offseason, preseason, draft, every game details practice reports breakdowns everything that you want at the obr go check it out now make sure you subscribe tune in to our shows every night of the week at twitch and youtube the obr is a fantastic place and a great community to be involved with i urge you if you are a browns fan go subscribe today and become a part of the best browns community around I want to lead off the second half of the pod with a question to you, Brad, kind of off topic yeah. where we normally go, but uh, D'Amico Ryans gets the Texans into the playoffs tonight. Do you think he takes the award now, or do you think it still belongs to Kevin? I think Kevin should still be the leader, uh, odds fa odds on favorite. Um, now, it may sway some voting, right? Um, just I think what hurts him is that he won it so recently. Um, and I think there's probably a trend for voters to want to vote a new name in. Yeah, possible. Possible for sure. I, I, I think there are two really good candidates for it. There are actually plenty of really good candidates. Harbaugh yeah. and even Tomlin getting the Steelers to, to 10 wins, uh, despite a lot of the surrounding noise there. Like there are, there are so many good candidates to win. So if D'Amico wins it, right on. He, he took these guys from the second pick to the playoffs. That's a rare thing. Yes. And he deserves a ton of credit for that. But I think Kevin should still win it. I think they're doing Me too. some historic stuff and the story of what they've overcome in a, in a good division. Like the, the AFC South is quite clearly not very good, right? That helps a guy like D'Amico get his team into the playoffs. It's nothing he can do about it, but that's just the, the nature of the animal here, right? So I think that doing what the Browns have done, uh, overcome who they are, and doing it in the NFL's toughest division, 
matters more. Just my opinion. Yeah. But ultimately, if D'Amico wins it, I do not care. I know Kevin would feel the same way. He's already won it. It'd be great. It'd be cool. But like the best coaches ultimately in the NFL don't win that award very often. So it's like, yeah, not a big deal. I don't think he'll care if he wins it or not. I mean, I, I really don't. So I just want to ask him that one. Uh, let's get to though the over under and, and the and the line. Now that I, the last I saw, the Bengals are seven point favorites. Is that still the case? That seems to be holding steady there. Uh, and uh, over under of thirty seven. Browns uh, plus two seventy five on the money line. Bengals minus. 345 this is a tough game to bet obviously I'm taking uh, the under are you taking the under i i don't know i i would say i'm staying away from a lot of these games that don't matter right mm-hmm. uh i'm not gonna bet on much that like tonight's game i think was okay to bet on uh the, there's a few games tomorrow that i would bet on but uh i'm gonna stay away from games like this for the most part there's a few angles you can bet. take I would yeah. take the under 20 to 13, even 20 to 10 smells like go. the type of number that you would find in this game. But uh, yeah. is there any long shots for multiple touchdowns? That's something we could do, right? We have a general feel for who's playing. Is there anybody on either side you take for like a first time touchdown score? Yeah, I wrote down a couple first time touchdowns here. So uh, Pierre Strong, who I expect to get the uh, lion's share of the workload out of the backfield i i don't i think you would agree with that right uh mm-hmm. 12 to 1 um it's pretty good first yeah. time touchdown said tillman 19 to 1 uh, i really like probably the my favorite one would be jeff driscoll uh who can run the ball uh, first yeah. time touchdown at 34 to 1 jake Nice. Yeah, those are good ones on the Brown side. I think if I was taking a multiple touchdown score, it'd probably be on the Bengals, and I'd probably lean Joe Mixon if you want to go that route. There you go. That's yeah. probably the guy I'm going to. Long shot on the Bengals side and the Brown side for me. Two touchdowns. Probably Driscoll, right? Like a sneak, and then, like you said, a little scramble action. That That's yep. probably got some long odds. I don't really trust any receiver in that way. And then on the Bengals side, maybe you could take the uh, – the, who's the rookie over there, Andre Yoshevis or what his name is, the Princeton kid? He's had some yep. touchdowns for them. Maybe you get a little long shot, put a couple bucks on that, and maybe win 150, something like yeah. that. There you go. Make your money. Last thing before we get out of here, Brad, is who we're watching, like who we care to watch in this game because it's going to be a bunch of young guys. So, yeah, just hit me with a couple names that you're really pumped to watch and see get more time and, and ultimately uh, you know, have the game's outcome in their hands. Kind of named him Pierre Strong. I'm excited to see you get the ball. Uh, you know, I, I've been excited about him all year. Wish he could, you know, stay on his feet a little bit better, you know, with contact and hold on to the ball. But his explosiveness getting north and south is intriguing, right? All year. And uh, you just want to see how he handles maybe a, a bigger workload out of the backfield. Uh, of course, I think said Tillman is probably going to be involved, uh, out of sheer, sheer necessity, right? Um, probably in maybe a featured role, at least for some of the game, you want to see, uh, him improve on some things and maybe, uh, you know, make a couple plays. Uh, I, I keep my eyes on David Bell, James Prochet, probably play, taking some wide receiver snaps, some guys to watch, see how they do there. Um, on defense, Diabate has been kind of our guy. I'd be interested to see him play. Um, that's about it. Love Diabate. Hopefully he gets a chance to play some real snaps. Obviously Hickman, can he continue to build on yes. what he's put together? Excited yeah. to watch the safeties continue to play. Uh, Cam Mitchell, another guy that I like to see just mm-hmm. get more snaps, but paying attention to the D line. Can Alex Wright in a more featured snap count role 
be a big part of things. Obviously, Siaka Ika will get a chance to play a significant amount. That's a great one. So that's Ika's another one. one. You know, yep. he's had like the 15 snap range. Maybe he gets up 25 snaps or so uh, in yep. this one. We've seen most of the guys are going to play receiver. We've seen David Bell, you know, Tillman. Obviously, I want to see Tillman put together a complete game, right? We've seen yeah. most of those guys. I would say maybe Jordan Akins. Can he get a little chance to catch some of those feature throws that are going to Njoku? Can they try to get him? Uh, a little bit more involved. I'd imagine he's going to play a focal point role in this one. So I know Aikens isn't like some young player, anything of that nature, but the guy that they signed and gave a decent little bit of money to this offseason who hasn't really been that big of a factor. So maybe just trying to see like what Aikens would look like if David were to ever go down next year. Can he yeah. handle some of those things would be a little bit of intrigue to me. The offense is not very, you know, something I'm very keyed in on. Yeah, uh, just because like they've been forced to find the field with so many of those guys. But yeah, defensively, like you said, the linebackers, can any of those linebackers flash a little bit, maybe earn themselves a couple playoff snaps if talk and uh, obviously JOK need a break or whatever. So that's an interesting spot to take a look into. And then you know, I like want to see, see. Those safeties continue to play really well because they need they're going to need both of them. At this point, we don't know if Grant Delpit's going to be back. And we know right. Thorn Thornhill popped up on the injury report again with the calf. So they're going to play. Yeah, that's that's not uh, great with Thornhill. They're kind of uh, regressing this week, but uh, either way, you know they've been fantastic. Hickman has been amazing. So if you do get either Thornhill or Delpit back, you feel comfortable with those three, right? So yeah, of course, um, of course. And then uh, you know maybe Isaiah McGuire can cause some disruption or something. You know, at least you get a a look at him potentially, right? Yeah, he'll get a he'll get a decent number of snaps too. And then there's the Vincent Gray that they brought up off of uh, yes. off the practice squad. They they obviously elevated Riley Patterson again. So we'll keep an eye out on Vincent Gray, see if he can get his first NFL tackle making his debut. Other than that, Brad, this got a chance to be a real snooze fest. I'm going out on a limb. I'm calling a 17-17 tie. What are you predicting? I, I love that. The tie. Wow. Yeah, rare. Does that uh yeah, very rare. Uh, I thought we were gonna run into something like that tonight. I thought it was like, oh, uh, my son was like, what was looking at uh, X? Sorry, I was going to call it Twitter. And he's like, why is Jake calling a seventeen seventeen tie for this game? <laughs> I'm like, N I'm like, no, buddy, he's calling that for the Browns game tomorrow. He's like, yeah, oh, that makes more one. sense. Not this yeah. one. Uh, sure, I I like the Browns uh, to uh, you know play well on defense. Either way, I think it's kind of in their DNA. Uh, you know, they're already in their depth on that side of the ball, so I like them to play well defensively and and get number twelve tomorrow. As far as I know, Brad, they have never started five quarterbacks in a single season, the Browns. Now, there are probably some teams out there in the NFL world who have started five quarterbacks in a season before. The Browns are obviously the only team to start four quarterbacks, and each of them get a win in a season that they go to the playoffs. So that's already unique and cool if they get it to five. Yeah. You're talking about probably never getting caught, Brad. Five different quarterbacks winning a start. To get a win, yeah. To to take your team to the playoffs would be a really amazing story. And again, you want to see like Kevin build a little bit more buzz towards that coach of the year. Just I know this game means absolutely nothing, but it would still be the storylines. Like you heard Joe Buck and Troy Aikman talking about it a lot in the second half of this game. Kevin yeah. getting mentioned a lot. So it's an NFL story that a lot of people are catching on to, and we know that that award is sometimes narrative-driven. So Hopefully yeah. Kevin gets in. There's a lot of awards. Browns are up for as many as five of those yeah. awards here in the offseason. So altogether yeah. good stuff, man. Excited to uh, see it. I mean, I know it's a little bit bittersweet because the regular season's ending, and that's we're closer to the end than ever, Brad, which which stinks. But but uh, hopefully this can be at least an entertaining game, if not 
anything else. We need we just ultimately need everybody to be healthy. To get healthy, get rest, get out of there, get ready for uh, get ready for the playoffs, baby. Hey, uh, last thing, Jeff Dres- Jeff Driscoll started five games for the Bengals in 2018. So revenge narrative. First quarterback to start for both teams, from what I understand, Ooh. as well. So maybe it Driscoll. means a little bit more to Driscoll. That's what they say. AFC North football just means more. Just That's what they say. More. There we go. We're out of here. All eyes on Cleveland. Brad Ward. Continue to listen to his pod. Does fantastic stuff. You know that. And then the OBR film breakdown with myself. So check those podcasts out as you normally do. Make them a part of your every day and every week uh, podcast rotation. We appreciate that. And check out the OBR.com to get all your Cleveland Browns need. And the best online community you will find. For myself and Brad, we appreciate you stopping by making this podcast a part of your game day preparation. We will catch you later in the evening on Sunday night for a game day rewind, which will probably be pretty short, but we'll probably spend that time building you up for Dolphins Bills, which will be a really big game, to, you know, a chance to potentially tell you whether the Steelers are getting into the playoffs or not, uh, and then recap all the games that mattered on Sunday and start talking about the playoffs. It's here. It's close. We're going to make it. It's going to be exciting. Can't wait to do that with you guys over the next week. Thanks for being here, everybody. Go Browns.